Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up? Welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 7. My name is Kyle Corwin. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. Hello, people. I feel like baseball's, the activity's starting to pick up a little bit. I know we complained about how there's not much been going on in August, and conveniently enough, right as September rolls around, it starts to heat up a little bit. Yeah, no, it's getting sweet, isn't it? Like, we're seeing some actually surprising decent waiver, uh, post-waiver, whatever moves um, that came through the last week or so. Some interesting stuff happened. But uh, before we get too deep, you hit me with a surprise question a couple weeks ago, so now I'm going to hit you with one. Mm, Pretty that. easy, nothing crazy. Um, if you played in the big leagues and you get to pick from two sponsorships, who would they be? Oh, what kind of sponsorships are you talking about here? Just like anything, glow, because you gotta you gotta make sure you cover you gotta cover cleats, you gotta cover bats, you gotta cover batting gloves, all the good stuff. Oh, I'm gonna. For one, certainly going with Rawlings for glove. I'm a Rawlings oh, yeah. guy through and through. Um, oh, let's see. Second one. Well, I was a Nike cleat guy my whole life, but my senior year of college, uh, our coach got us New Balance spikes. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. My last year playing baseball and I'm switching over. I don't know what to expect. And turns out they're the best pair of spikes I'd ever owned. Like, I wish I'd discovered New Balance sooner. I was a big fan of the spikes. I don't know if you ever wore them, but they were phenomenal. They held up great. Um, so I'd probably have to go with that. I never wore anything but Nike, actually, now that really? I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you, if I you're had okay, to- You're okay with, like, Rawlings batting gloves and... Well, I was going to say, if... if Probably my third, right up there, close second would be Franklin batting gloves. I know that might be. Yeah, I heard they're the best. They're, they're, they're great. And I got these ones because uh, college ball literally starts when there's snow on the ground, and I had to get these. Yeah. I had to get these cold weather ones where it's literally they're not even like batting gloves. They're basically just gloves, and it just they they're just like, they're like working gloves, like gardening gloves. Basic. Well, not even. No, no, no. They're like. They're the they're like fancy gloves. They they're like insulated, but they oh. literally just, they just slap Franklin on it, and it was literally just like blue gloves. <laughs> and they were they were wild looking, but they kept my hands warm. And I don't know, so I'd, I'd probably have to go with Franklin as my third if I was allowed a third one. Maybe close. Fair to enough. Me. I like it. I like it. But I think all else, I'm willing to I'm willing to sacrifice. Yeah, Rawlings, you have to stick with. For yeah. sure, I was I was a pro preferred guy all day. Absolutely, yeah. There was no doubt on that one. It was just a matter of what I would go for my second one. Yeah, I like that. Well, um, you beat me to the punch because I was about to ask you a question. Have you <laughs> did, did you uh, did did you see what happened in Seattle tonight? What did we get in Seattle with the pregame locker room altercation? Did you hear about that? I... I heard about it. I didn't get a chance to look to see what happened. Though. Was, what, do we, uh, what do we got? Well, I was thinking when I saw the notification, I was like, all right, we had the white flag put up in Washington weeks back when they pretty much gave up. And to me, 
I view this as Seattle just throwing in the towel. Like, because at this point in the season, you can't be having scuffles internally. Like, externally, that's fine. Like, if you want to duke it out on the field with somebody else, so be it. Right, right. But internally, you can't be doing this at this at this point in the season in September. But uh, I looked into it a little bit, and apparently there was a, like I said, a fight broke out. And what had happened is D. Gordon, um, I guess reporters were in, the, were in the locker room just kind of getting some, some pregame takes. And D. Gordon had apparently asked the reporters to step out behind the double doors or whatever. And I guess a number of guys just started going at it. Wow. Yeah. And apparently they said it was a handful of guys and apparently they were, they were getting thrown into the double doors and getting all tossed around. So curious makes to see me how wonder, like, do you, do you think it's maybe cause of all these call-ups like the roster's big now, man. That that uh, locker room's getting small. My thought, my thought is that there was a period of time there where the expectations were kind of higher than I guess they are now. I guess you could say, yeah, because um, I mean there there's people holding out hope. Me being one of them, and I think you were the, there. As the well. light, the light is fading. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, they're what eight games back now. At the time of this recording, yeah, eight, eight back in the division, five and a half in the wild card. So, not looking pretty. They're not not playing the best baseball. So that would be that'd be my my guess as to what fueled that. But anyway, I guess you sounds don't... fair. So, I mean, it's fair. Like you know, you get a bunch of guys, they get they get heated. A lot of dudes that you know, it's hard to get a clubhouse of just great teammates. That never happens. You're gonna get a clubhouse full of well, full of some guys that don't care, or, or aren't as in tune as other guys, or maybe just there for the cash. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way you're gonna have a solid group of dudes in the entire clubhouse. Yeah, no, I mean that's true, but the way I see it is, I mean, this isn't. We're not talking Yankees, Red Sox here. I mean, we're talking about a team that, I mean, they have to put together a solid year for them to stand a chance of making the postseason. And they had, I mean, they're, I mean, granted they're not out of it mathematically yet, but like you said, the window's closing and I don't know, to me, you just have to be able to kind of like, regardless of what's going on in the clubhouse, I think you got to find a way to avoid that. Cause it's just that, I mean, you and I both know how teammate interactions like that can serve as a cancer to a team. Yeah, I mean, I think between the uh, you know the the dwindling hope that's happening in Seattle, and then you probably got some some kids coming up running their mouth with the uh, with the additions of of the forty man. So um, I, I'm not surprised by it. It kind of sucks, but I'm not surprised. I wish somebody would have filmed it. That would have been cool. <laughs> um, but speaking of guys running their mouths, um, Deion Sanders is going to lead off. Uh, our day in baseball history today. I give you an A plus um, for that segue, by the way. I'm doing well. I'm co-host is has been earned. I'm earning my stripes. So 1989, Deion Sanders, the fifth overall player selected in the NFL draft, hits a home run as the Bronx Bombers route the Mariners at the Kingdom, 12 to two. Five days later, in his NFL debut with the Atlanta Falcons, the Yankee rookie returns a punt for 68 yards for a touchdown. I uh, figured I'd toss that in just because we got the NFL starting up. And, uh, well, when you guys listen to this, it'll be tomorrow. Um, but moral of the story is 
uh, I think kids should play more than just one sport. And that's coming from, I know, I think you only played one sport, right? I only did. I played a season of basketball once when I was 10, and I hated it. That's what I was going to say. I was I played one year of basketball when I was eight. And I'm going to give a little shout-out to Austin Redman. Uh, we were teammates back then, and I'm pretty sure I hooked him up with a lot of assists. But I hated <laughs> it, too. So I switched back to baseball. Anyway, but kids, do it. Uh, if you're listening, play more than one sport. It's good for you. Um, 2003, Mike Maroth becomes the first hurler since 1980 to lose 20 games in a season when the Tigers blow a 5-2 lead and an 8-6 Blue Jays victory at the Sky Dome. This is crazy, guys. Listen to this. Former A's pitcher Brian Kingman, who accomplished the infamous feat 23 years prior, is in attendance in the 19th row at the Sky Dome with a voodoo doll in effort to make to remain the last 20-game loser. Is it just me, or does this sound like a scene out of Major League? Like the voodoo doll <laughs> sitting in the stands 23 years later? Like, you know that guy heard of, about Mr. Mike coming up on 20 losses in a season, and he actually purchased a ticket and flew out to the stadium to watch this happen. Pitchers, man. Weird, man. P.O.s. They're just strange creatures. Yeah. All right, this one's cool. Um, 2007. Unknown at the time, Bob Shepard works his last game at Yankee Stadium, a task he has performed over 4,500 times since becoming the team's PA announcer in 1951. The 96-year-old, quote-unquote, voice of God, is replaced by his longtime sub, Jim Hall and Paul Olden, who will fill the position when the team moves to the new ballpark in 2009. Um, I don't know if you guys know this yet or have known this at all. Um, Derek Jeter uh, actually had the recording of Bob Shepard announcing him saved, and he requested that Bob Shepard voice, uh, Bob Shepard's voice always introduced him at every AB for the rest of his career. Um, so I think that happened... In uh, 2010, um, after Bob Shepard passed away, when Derek Jeter was at the All-Star Game. To introduce our next batter, we turn to the voice of legendary New York Yankee public address announcer Bob Shepard, who passed away this weekend at the age of 99. Now batting for the American League from the New York Yankees, the shortstop number two, Derek Jeter. So Bob Shepard um, announced for 56 years uh, before lading, later passing away at the age of 99. Um, pretty cool. I think uh, outside of, of being a Yankees fan, being a baseball fan, any, uh, anything, any story like that to me is just uh, a part of this game. And I think it's really cool. Um, but that wraps it up for today's date in baseball history. And that is, uh, is for you guys and the listeners, it is September 5th. But uh, now we're going to try to transition into some current events. We're going to talk a little NL West, a little Dodger heat up. Uh, eight and two in their last 10, I believe. Uh, I don't, I guess they're playing right now. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know where they stand here on this lovely Tuesday night. But playing well. Uh, Matt Kemp, as I'm sure most of you have already heard, had what was it? It was back to back walk offs, right? Back to back. Well, he had 
he had uh, Saturday. I think he had the big three run bomb in the eighth inning, and then oh, he that, walked it off right. on Sunday. That's, right. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Fly ball left center field. Matt Kemp has done it again. To beat the champ, you've got to knock him out. The Dodgers take three of four from Arizona. Like I've said on here before, over the course of multiple episodes, that's uh, that's who I've got in the World Series. That's nuts, man. They're pushing the envelope. They're getting close. They'll they'll figure it out. They really will. I don't know if I mean who coming out of the NL. Who do you have? Uh, well, I'm going. I mean, I said preseason it was going to be Yankees Cubs. That was my pick at the beginning of the year. I think I'm just going to keep riding that out. Mm. Now, why do you just think, to, just do, to stick to the original one? So why would you say Cubs over Dodgers? Ah, uh, there's just something about the Dodgers, man. They're just—I don't know. They're just—it's streaky, and I don't know. They always find a way to mess it up. No, I mean, I would—I you know, would agree with you on like the streaky and them kind of having that thing about them. But I mean, they kind—they were kind of in the same boat last year, if you think about it, because they surprised yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, I—I I don't know. I—I I also really don't like the Dodgers, so that, that maybe <laughs> plays a part. I'm a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really like the Dodgers, but either way, uh, yeah, I think Cubs. I think there's they're still riding that that World Series magic. Um, I don't. I don't know. For me, it's Chicago in, instead of L.A. That's a long train. If they're still riding that thing, jeez. Yeah, but I mean, you just you see it like. Yeah. No. It, you see the atmosphere in the ballpark. I don't know. I. Oh no! It definitely it definitely shifted the culture for sure. Like, yeah, I mean they because now they know they can do it. I mean they've I definitely agree with you on that. They've uh, yeah they've definitely changed the kind of the perception. They've adjusted people's ex, uh, expectations. Right. So I mean, I think I don't think you're getting one single player with the Dodgers that's that's had a great year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I think they've had a lot of – everyone's been good. There hasn't been one or two guys that have been great. Uh, Max Muncy has been playing pretty well. Um, I think he's up to 31 home runs on the year. Mm. Um, Justin Turner hasn't been back long, but he has been back for a pretty good chunk, and he's doing well. I think he's slashing 313, 409, 526 at the time of the recording. And then you got Manny Machado, who uh, he hasn't been amazing since he came over, you know, like he's only hitting 260 something. Uh, you know, he's got nine home runs, but like, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Like he hasn't really made it that yeah. big of an impact. I mean, I haven't heard much about him. I mean, I've heard more about Matt Kemp in the last 48 hours and I've heard about Machado since he got over there. So, right. And even Matt Kemp isn't having like the year, like he's, he's been good and he's been surprising. As he's probably going to win comeback player of the year, but it hasn't been an amazing year. So, like, you're getting a lot of good play. I, I don't know. No one just – for me, the Cubs – and kind of wrap up on, you know, why I picked the Cubs. But, like, Javi Baez is going to be in the mix for MVP, yep. you know? And he's having an outstanding year. And he's not the face of the team right. in my mind. Yeah. You know, you got Rizzo and, and Chris Bryant that are – they're going to probably take that spot. So, uh, I don't know. That's that's why I go with Cubs. But like the Dodgers to me right now they're playing they're playing well. 
Um, and I think it's a lot about the Rockies and the Diamondbacks not playing well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it's it's less about the hype of the Dodgers. Yeah. I think they're playing well. Yeah, they're like you said, eight and two. The Rockies are playing five hundred. Uh, Arizona has absolutely coughed this thing up. They're three and seven in the last ten. Um, yeah, they've but, been but rough. The way I- and I know I throw around the last 10 stats around a lot, but the way I see it is you can do whatever you want up until the start of September. Yeah. And if you've got, I mean, obviously you have to be in the hunt, but if you're one of those teams that's in the hunt, once you get to September, I kind of throw that out the window um, simply because you have it from that point, you've got a month to figure it out. I mean, you're not talking like a week I mean, you've got a you've got a substantial amount of time. Granted, it's not the second half or anything, but I mean, you've got you've got enough time to kind of pick it up. And we, I mean, we've seen teams. I know I talk all the time about the Red Sox on here, but I mean, it's a perfect example. Like you look at 2011, the one of the biggest collapses in baseball. You just it's that it it, it all comes down to what happens in that last month. And I right. mean, you remember you remember that one year. I, I honestly don't even remember what year it was. It might have been like oh, what was that? Oh six, where Yankees came into Boston and swept the four game series and just sent them into a downward downward spiral. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was like letting the floodgates open. Yeah, man. It was just. It was rough. So I mean, that was that was right there at the beginning of September. And I mean, to me, depending upon how you're playing, obviously, yeah, it can play some sort of role, but it's really what you do with the month of September in its entirety. Yeah. I think it's the start of, you know, I don't, I don't mind using the last 10 as, as an example that as much as we do, especially when it's this tight, you know what I mean? They've, these three teams have all been two, two and a half games within each other, you know? Um, but, uh, it, it's hard to say. I think I'm, probably gonna hop on your bandwagon and say that the Dodgers have a chance of taking this division um but here's the thing is that I don't know about the wild card you know because it's gonna be St. Louis and Milwaukee in the conversation too yeah so this division's like if you don't take first place you're not going the Dodgers um you know it, it seems like they've got the recent experience when it comes to it the Rockies haven't been in the postseason, uh, you know, substantially. I know they went they went to the wild card game last year of the Diamondbacks, but like n- they haven't really made a dent and had that experience of postseason ball. So maybe it's guys are getting a little tight. I don't know, but like that's a an explosive offense. Yeah. Their pitching has always been suspect. The D backs, to me, uh, I think they're done with the division. I think you're starting to see, like you said, that spiral. That can happen, you know. It's three and seven now. Who knows what it could be the next ten? Yeah, could be worse. Well, I know it, it might sound crazy, and in fact, I'll go ahead right now and say that it does sound crazy. But for whatever reason, the NL West race to me is the one of the close division races that I'm not really worried about. Like I'm, I'm more worried about what's going to happen in like the AL West. Like, I think that's far more interesting. There's just something about the NL West right now that I don't know. I just, I haven't really had much doubt about. You're just not sweating it about the Dodgers. I'm really not. I just, I don't know. 
I don't know what I don't know why that is, and I know there's probably people that will say that's crazy, and I'd I'd be I'd be one of them. But there's just something about it that I'm just I just feel like the Dodgers will be fine. Especially, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of just the recent history of last year. That coming off the World Series, it's fresh. Yeah. That I don't think they'll have any problem getting back. Yeah, I I think to go along with, I think on the opposite side of things. I've been confident in the fact that the Diamondbacks aren't going to be the ones to do it. Yeah. I think to me it was between the Rockies and the and the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, I would say the same. I because I felt I felt pretty strong about the Rockies too. And I mean, obviously they can still do it, but I think even if they don't, they're still like we talked about. They're still in the still in the hunt for the postseason at large. So I mean, I think they'll be fine. But yeah, the the Diamondbacks are kind of kind of reaching uh, crunch time here. So yeah. Plus, I think when it comes down to the to the wild card, I definitely believe St. Louis or Milwaukee could make a bigger dent in whoever wins the division. So if you're picking Dodgers, I think Milwaukee or St. Louis would make a bigger dent that's in fair. that series. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I'd, I'd agree with you on that one. St. Louis has been hot for like a month now, and Milwaukee just added some really good pieces. Let's talk about the Astros and kind of their recent shenanigans. In case you haven't seen, Astros have just changed the game in terms of dugout performances. I mean, they've got it They've got it all working right now. They've got the stare downs. They've got curling. They've got, apparently, one I just saw today. They've got limbo now. I mean, yeah. they're all over the place right now with these, with these celebrations, and I love it. I'm all, I love it, I'm too. Here, I'm here for it. I'm all, I'm all for it. I... This is the kind of the perfect median between like old school, don't show up the other team and still have fun. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? They're not out there bat flipping people and taking 45 seconds to round the bases after they hit a dinger. Like they're doing it in the dugout, you know, um, like another one last year when uh, Todd Frazier did the thumbs down thing for the Yankees. (laughs) Yeah. Then the thumbs down thing just became it, you know. And right. then you see uh, like the Cubs doing their bullpen going nuts after home runs and doing I, fun stuff. I love that the dancing. Yeah. And I think they, you know, you've seen like um, they were playing musical chairs last week. Yes. I think. Yep. In the bullpen, then you're seeing them like you know messing around, acting like they're going fishing, and one of the dudes acts like a fish. I love that stuff. It's fun. <laughs> it's loose. Um, it shows that this clubhouse is pretty tight. Yeah, and I know when I was looking at highlights of all their celebrations, I literally had to stop myself and think, like, wait, is this like a college baseball team? Because so much of what they're doing, I could easily see, like, my teammates back in college doing. And that's, I think that's that's the kind of thing that we talk all the time about like what's good for the game. I think that's what's good for the game. If you can kind of blend into the college territory a little bit, obviously not making it college baseball, but if you can kind of pull different aspects of the college game, like these celebrations, kind of just like goofing off, goofing off and having fun. Right. I mean, I think, I don't know, like you said, you can just tell they're having fun. They're enjoying themselves. And we all know college sports, specifically college baseball. I mean, that's just electric. And if you can, if you can kind of pull, even just the slightest degree of that, and implement it into Major League Baseball, I think you're, I think the game will be much better off. 
Well, Bregman played college ball, right? Yeah. Isn't he out of like LSU? LSU, yeah. And he was a, yeah. he was a stud at LSU. Yeah. So I think I don't I don't know if it started from him, um, but he seems to be kind of like the front runner for it. But it's just it looks like so much fun. It looks like like a dugout that uh, obviously it's more fun when you're winning. And I'm I'm just gonna say I predicted this. I said they were gonna heat up. Yeah. I said a few weeks ago. I said once they got those guys back from the DL, it was going to be okay, and that's fine. But I'm still, I'm still holding just as strongly to my uh, Oakland A's. I, I think they're going to do it. They're only, we uh, shall see. They're only what two, two, two and a half back right now. That's uh, it's a lot better off than what I could say for your, your Yankees. But uh, snug, snug. Uh, let's check here just to confirm. Two, ah, uh, they're three back now. I guess uh, they must have won today because A's are playing right now against the Yankees. Yeah, they were two and a half. Now they're three. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Oh, um, let's do it. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you're right. I mean, it's definitely between those two. Seattle's done. Seattle's out, and we talked about that earlier. That fight just kind of put the cherry on top. Yeah, there's no shot in the division. Um, they may have a shot. What are they like four back from the wild card? But uh, for the second five and a half back for yeah. the yeah, now they're done. <laughs> That's over. Um, here's here's one thing I'm gonna bust out for you though. Uh, that could make you sweat a little bit for your A's in the AL West, playing in the division. Houston is 42 and 28 this year. The A's are 30 and 34. Hmm. Yeah. So not even 500 ball. No. So they're not playing great in the division. And if we're talking about two teams at the top, that's uh, I think I'm going to stick with Houston. Uh, I don't know. So pulling this up, the A's look like they have a or, uh, yeah, they have a lot of games left against AOS teams. A lot. You got Rangers, you got let's see a one game with the Angels. No, that's three game with the Angels. And then you got Mariners again, Angels again. So there's a lot of games left in division. I think, um, yeah, I think they're probably going to pull out the wild card, but uh, I don't know if they're going to pull out the division. They're lucky they don't play the Astros anymore. That's all I'm going to say. The A's will finish atop the AL West with a 15-game spread over the Astros in the division. <laughs> confident. I'm very confident. I'm telling you, Moneyball, man. Yeah. It's speaking real. of uh, speaking of fifteen game spread, uh, how about Cleveland adding adding Josh Donaldson? How do you think? How do you think that's going to work out? I mean, I don't know. I to be honest with you, I didn't look enough into the transaction to know kind of what they had to give up, or not necessarily give up, but kind of what they had to do to make make space for him. Um, this was, I think it was pretty cheap because Toronto sent, it's going to be a player to be named later, so we don't know who it is. Um, and they sent 2.7 mil. So, hmm. like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, like, I, I don't think it's, like, a very high-risk move. I mean, I feel like the upside here is, I won't say very substantial, but, I mean, it's promising. I mean, if he's able to come back in the middle of the month and – Get some reps in at the plate before before the postseason rolls around. I think they'll be in good shape. It's just a matter of how that kind of shifts up the infield a little bit and how that 
how that affects the lineup offensively. Um, well, he just had he just had a, a little rehab stint, right? He's in it. I think he started the rehab stint. Yeah, it was like retroactive to the first of the month or something. But I think uh, it was last night that he had the grand slam in the rehab start. He's playing for AAA Columbus. Softball delivers. Swung on, hit high in the air, deep to center field. Racing back Cameron. Still back at the wall. Gone! Josh Donaldson making his presence felt. You can see when he got into the batter's box, he was itching to get in there and take a big swing. A grand slam. You think he's trying to tell the Cleveland Indians, I am ready for prime time. Four-run home run. The Clippers lead it five to nothing. I should have known this being with him being a AL East guy this year, but I, I was unaware he had only played 36 games this season. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's batting just a terrible 234 with five home runs, 16 RBIs. I mean, I see 44 strikeouts in 36 yeah, games, too. I mean, it's a small sample size, but still, I mean, that's those numbers aren't, aren't very good, but. Like when when is this guy gonna mix in? Because have you seen him play anywhere else with third? No. I Jose mean, Ramirez. Who Jose Ramirez is locking that down? Assuming that Jason Kipnis is gonna stay at second. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen. Uh, I mean, Tito Francona teams. does a lot of cool stuff with that lineup. I'll, I'll give him credit because, like last year in the in the playoffs, they slid Kipnis to center for a while. Yeah, um, and like I was saying, I mean, I've I've seen a, a number of kind of proposals, some weird ones, some that make more sense than others. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you can use him for his glove. He's he's not he's not bad down there at third. I mean, now you can stick him at first, try him out at first. Um, I mean, that's that's what Sox did with Hanley. He's a he's a left side of the infield guy, and they stuck him over there at first. He he held his own down there. So I mean, I think you can. I think you can experiment a little bit with them, but at the same time, it's not the time to experiment with October. Right. With October right. knocking it's kind on the of, door. It's, it's a strange team for him to go to. You know, like, yeah. there wasn't really a hole there. Not too much of a hole. So, um, I mean, they're, yeah. Uh, yeah, he has he has some good, you know, experience. He's got some solid playoff experience a few years ago when the, when the Jays were doing stuff. Yeah. I think it's more about Toronto getting him out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, it was a, I think it was a good move for them. Vladdy Jr. is coming through. Well, him and uh, Bichette's kid. And yep. then uh, who's the other one? There was one more. Uh, uh, was it Biggio's kid? Yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah, there's three of them. I couldn't remember the third one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got some, they've got some promising up-and-comers. Vladdy... Obviously not making the the call up for September, which yeah was unfortunate for a lot of the fan base who was hoping he'd make it. But uh, outside yeah. of being that, as as a, as knowing baseball and having some baseball knowledge, do you think that's a smart move not bringing him up? I mean, I was actually thinking about that yesterday, and my thought on that more so not kind of removing the baseball from it, but from a organizational standpoint. I actually like the idea because it gives you the, depending upon where you start them out next year, it gives you the opportunity to kind of build that up over the off season and just promote, promote the crap out of it and really build up that figure, that image. Um, 
and kind of really just build up the moment of calling him up rather than because I mean if you think about it I mean as a fan you'd want him up obviously but it's not going to be nearly as exciting if it's for September in a season where it's already it's shot it's, it's already done. in the trash yeah. so I mean I I think from an organizational standpoint I think it it's a it's a good move to hold off and depending upon how the other two that we mentioned are doing um once once things get started back up in the spring I mean you could you could be talking multiple moves up to the big leagues at one time which I think would be pretty cool right yeah I mean like is 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 there really worth the risk for this kid to come up and then slump for one month and then the season's over and then you're you know shooting his confidence down and then you have to sit on that for the whole winter right and that even if he does well if he does well like great it doesn't mean anything because our team sucks right so yeah i i kind of like the idea of not bringing him up let him like you said build up that that rookie call up let him go tear it up in spring training again next year and let him be on the starting roster opening day yeah yeah i mean that'd be that'd be the ideal situation but he would have to Obviously, he'd have to hit the way he's hitting right now in spring yeah. training next Don't year, change so. anything. Yeah, <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing. But uh, bringing it back to the Indians, though, I did a. I want to get your thoughts. I know we talked about it earlier today and a little bit yesterday. Do you feel like the Indians right now are kind of playing on autopilot? Because, I mean, they're the only team in their division above 500 right now. It's such a bad division. The next, the next closest horrible. team is the Twins in second place, and they're at sixty three and seventy four, and they're fourteen games back. I mean, so bad. As I, I mean, they obviously have the playoff pedigree. They've got the experience there. They can. They've proven to us that they can get there. But for this season, for twenty eighteen, does being fourteen, fifteen games ahead for pretty much the entire season, does that? Uh, I mean, I won't say entire season, but a good portion of the season, that doesn't really help the younger guys. That doesn't really help the team as a whole because there's no sense of pressure and urgency. Right. Yeah. You're coasting and you're not playing important baseball. Like, I think I think when the Yankees and the Red Sox match up again next time, that's still going to be, even with this, you know, I think, what is it, not? games right now just because the Sox won and the Yankees are still playing right now yeah um it's nine games that there's still going to be a little bit of fire in that yeah you know what I mean that Cleveland can't play anybody for that fire right now yeah, it I mean, doesn't matter I mean you just mentioned it the game that's going on right now Oakland and New York I mean those two teams that game right there is a is a playoff game potential playoff right. game and you, I mean, Cleveland doesn't matter who they play. I mean, even when they play the Red Sox, yeah, it's a playoff game. But if they if they get swept by Boston, it it doesn't make a difference. But if if Boston gets swept by Cleveland, for example, that yeah. kind of that brings down the the uh, division a little bit for them. And the Yankees, if depending on how they're doing, can kind of catch up. So it makes things a little interesting there. But like I'm saying, Cleveland doesn't have that right now and i'm really curious as to how that will affect and again i know that it's been the case for the last few seasons with them kind of running the table but i'm just curious this year specifically how that's going to impact them i don't think they do much i think they're out in the first round i mean that's my prediction i would 
I would agree with you on that one because and they're talented. They're a good. They're a good group with obviously a great manager. Yeah, and I still think they're on the first round. I think this plays a big role. You're not playing important baseball for a month and a half. Yeah, because the Twins were in the mix. What a month ago, they were. They had a chance of like yeah, and that's, maybe doing something for the wild card. And that's why I had to check myself because I didn't want to discredit them by any means. But I mean. For the majority of the season, I think it's safe to say that the the Indians have had a hold on the division. Like there hasn't been any doubt that they're going to be coming out of the Central on top. But I mean, the only real threat that's been made besides them in the division is, like you said, the Twins shooting for the wild card. But that's yeah. I mean, that's not that's not really saying much. that's not even a threat on you. Yeah, the Cleveland is four, forty-one and twenty-one in the Central yeah, against other teams in the Central. That's manhandling. Uh, yeah, that's just complete domination. That's all I got for the the Indians. I don't know. I mean, unless you unless you feel differently, it sounds like we kind of agree on where they stand right now, heading into October. Yep. I mean, I just don't think they have enough pressure applied to them right now for the. I mean, for the remaining however many weeks we have to really gear them up for the the postseason because you know how that stuff happens it doesn't matter who you are how well you're playing once once you get to october your season can be done in three days i mean you you're playing well and then you get to the first round and you're bounced and i think that's that's gotta be so frustrating i i think that's kind of what you're alluding to i think that's what's going to happen to them i just don't i don't think they've got got what it takes but moving on do you need tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your purchase as a first-time user that's all you got to do to save some of the cold hard cash you work so hard for is enter promo code dtd at checkout and again you'll save twenty dollars instantly all right moving on to the unpopular opinion this one uh i don't know if you've been checking up on social media this one's this one's got me a little heated i saw some angry comments on this one minor league salaries Nothing nothing in the news that's really come up. Nothing nothing new to report. But there was a tweet, um I forget the lady's name. She she tweeted something out about hoping that salaries for minor league baseball players uh are adjusted in the twenty nine twenty nineteen season and hoping that they can, you know, make a make a livable wage. And so being in full support of that idea, I took a screenshot, shared it to Instagram, Facebook, uh, retweeted it on Twitter. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, but I didn't think anything of it when I posted it. I just shared it thinking that, you know, it was going to be almost unanimous, if not completely unanimous support. And I just got... I. Just, 
I got trashed. Like people, I don't know where these people came from. They just came out of the woodworks. They were just laying into me being, I mean, here, I'll give you, I'll give you a few of the, the quotes that I got. A livable wage to play a game, a meaningless minor league game. Another one was minor leaguers do not deserve a livable wage. They should be grateful they're even getting paid to play a kid's game. The opportunity to chase the dream of being a major leaguer is payment enough. This was the, this was the one that got me. They get paid plenty already. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the next one, the next, or no, no, no. That was that was the one, that, the last one that I read. That was the uh, last significant one that I came across. But there are some others that were in there that I just didn't even pay any attention to because people clearly don't know what they're talking about. The facts here regarding this topic many minor league players don't even make 7500 for the entire year i mean you're talking about like the lower levels i mean obviously you get up in the triple a guys are making a little more because they're right on the right on the brink of making the show but i mean there's guys out there that are making wages that put them below the federal poverty level which (laughs) i don't know if you know anything about that it's pretty low it's not good and to me to say that oh it's just a game it's just a kids game i don't think people understand what they're saying because you have to take into account that baseball like any professional sport it i mean it feeds the economy like it it provides these like especially for these smaller uh, or lower level teams out in these uh these smaller towns i mean it it brings money to that town i mean you got you got a stadium there you got people showing up during the week on the weekends buying tickets going to the restaurants around the around the park i mean it feeds the economy it's not just a game but the part that got me about this whole deal was knowing that our following is made up of baseball players and coaches and fans i just didn't understand the like why it was such a cold response like do we not are we not trying to like support these guys? I mean, these are the guys we're rooting for. Like I know you and me, I mean, we didn't make it. So these are the kind of guys we're living vicariously through is because they're the ones doing it. They're doing what we couldn't do. They're doing what, Absolutely. We, what we wanted to do. And yeah. And I just don't understand why these baseball people are, I mean, they're getting so technical on me. They're like, well, you you have to think about the economics of, and I'm like no that's not the point of what I'm saying here the like I'm talking about the sentiment like logistics can be figured out later but it's a fact that these guys need to be paid more and I don't it's know. not like we're we're not asking for like two hundred grand yeah. like we're not saying that they deserve a, a league minimum of major league guys like five hundred k or anything like that give them fifty grand. The the thing that people don't understand is these guys don't get paid for the off season. They get paid for the work that they put in, rightfully so. But unlike major league players, what these guys are making in season is not enough to hold them over, right? Through the off season. And so basically, my unpopular opinion, which I didn't think I'd have to make this an unpopular opinion, but it's that minor leaguers should be paid more. Like, I, it's as simple as that. I don't. Again, I just didn't expect such a cold, harsh response from from you all. Here's the contradiction: is that um, 
you know, for for those of you guys that didn't know or particularly, you know, pay attention to this part, the reason you guys you guys see ball players get drafted so young, you know, you got international guys getting drafted at the age of 16, it's because major league teams or major league organizations want these kids to learn from their coaches in their organization. So basically you're drafting these kids out of high school most of the time saying, come get the best coaching so that that way you can learn from our guys. So basically you're saying don't go to college and don't have a safety net because that's what college is, right? That's your safety net right. to where you, you can, you can go out and try to make it majority of the guys won't and you fall back and you got a college degree and you can go get a real job, right? So if you're telling them to not go get that safety net, you need to, you need to be able to provide for them. You need to help them provide for themselves, pay for an apartment and afford to be able to eat in the off season, not go work in a lumber yard, you know? I don't know. I just, like I said, I was expecting a little more support. And to be fair, there was, there was a number of folks that, that kind of jumped to my defense a little bit, um, and kind of knocked some sense into these people, but there, it was just, I guess what I'm trying to say is it was a little more overwhelming than what I would have expected it to be. So that's all I got for that. Um, I think we got a couple DMS. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Brian underscore Lenhard 13. That's L E N H A R D T 13 on Instagram predictions for the NL wildcard. Mm. Well, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier on. Um, well, I know we got the Dodgers. I know we the Dodgers are in the mix mathematically, but I've already shared my thoughts on how I think they're going to end up. So I've got them winning the West, which leaves Colorado in the mix. And I think also, like you said, you got St. Louis too. I think those are going to be my two those are going to be my two wildcard teams and I'm picking, I'm going to St. Louis over Milwaukee. Cause I know Milwaukee's there in the hunt too. Um, but you still got Matt Carpenter just continuing on a second half tear. I know he's, he had a slight slip up the last, last few games. I think I saw where he went. He was like, Oh, for his last 10 before tonight. But literally right as I saw that, I saw that he'd cleared the bases tonight with a, it's like, <laughs> Bases clearing single or something. So I think he's fine. He's, as I said before, in earlier episodes, he's he is the the power source for them right now. So I'm not worried about them. And if you look at their ERAs between St. Louis and Milwaukee, St. Louis has a team ERA of three six eight, and Milwaukee's got an ERA right now of three nine four, um, which is definitely substantial when you're dealing with ERAs. Um, but the thing you have to keep in mind is not only is St. Louis holding the edge in that category, uh, pitching is, as you and I both know, that's something that really matters when it comes down to the postseason. And although starting pitching is not as important, um, pitching as a whole is, and I think their staff is better off right now. And if they can continue their offense, 
and continue to put up runs where they are, especially with, like I said, Carpenter at the heart and soul of that. I think, I think they'll be fine. I'm running with Milwaukee. I'm going Milwaukee. They just added Gio Gonzalez. Uh, just added Curtis Grandison for a little bit of pop. Yeah, but Gio. A little lefty pop. Yeah, but the thing, and I thought that too, is I was like, yeah, I mean, they got Gio adding a, a veteran to the mix, but he just hasn't, He last I checked, he just, I don't think he's had a great year this year, has he? Yeah, no, but I don't think they're getting ace Gio. I don't think they're expecting ace Gio. Yeah. Um, but I think you're seeing smart moves, and I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to ride with them. I think they're going to. They're going to take it at home in Milwaukee. Very, very, uh, very bold. I, I'll say that's bold. Well, no, I take it back. It's not necessarily bold because obviously they're playing well. But the thing you also have to keep in mind is you got Christian Yelich right now. He had, uh, last I checked, he had six home runs and what, like 19, 20 RBIs in his last 10 games. Killing it. Including Plus that the little, cycle. Yeah, including the cycle. And he also had that little that little uh, walk off. I don't want to call it a walk off, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, little, yeah. Was it the fielder's choice? Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah. Something weird. But uh, I don't know. It'll it'll make for an interesting race. We'll, uh... We shall see. We shall see. All right, next one. Jammer 2024 on Snapchat. Thoughts on Joey Votto as a player and person. Joey Votto. Joey Votto is one of those guys that I don't know how to feel about him. Like I see him, I see him on highlights sometimes, and I'm like, this guy just seems like an idiot, or he just seems like a punk. But then you see what you saw the other day. Did you see him? Uh, I did. I did. <laughs> so cool. Exchanging his jersey for that guy's Votto for president shirt, which. You got, I mean, regardless of what you think of the guy, you got to think that that's cool because you know that if Rado really wanted to, he if he really wanted the shirt, he could just buy it. But the fact that he kind of wanted to make that guy's day, kind of give him the jersey or whatever, and I think he signed it too. I think I saw that on the highlight. Um, I mean, that that kind of stuff is cool. And you, he's he's the type of guy that fans of whatever team he's on will love. Like another instance that I'm thinking of is uh, what was it? That that one play down the line where he was going for the foul ball, and the guy reached up for it, and he was also wearing a, a Reds jersey, and he made Votto miss it, and Votto like took his jersey and like was basically saying, "Do you realize like what jersey you have on? Like why are you making me miss foul balls?" But then I think he came. I don't remember what happened exactly, but I think he came back out and like apologized to him and might have given him something like in return. I think he's got a little bit of a hothead sometimes, but I don't know. I think he's a, I think he's a fan favorite, not only in Cincinnati, but I would, I would almost say across the board. Like I think unless, unless you're somebody that just does not like him for whatever reason, I think, I think he's a, he's a good dude. I think anyone and everyone that knows baseball can agree as a player. The dude is a phenomenal dude's a stud. Yeah. Uh, on base percentage, God, and um, he's just old school. I love he chokes up like six inches on his bat when he gets down two strikes. So I just I like the way he plays. Um, I'm a big fan. Person wise, he seems like he's one of those dry, sarcastic, yeah. kind of kind of like you said, kind of a punk maybe from the outside. 
but I could see that guy being so awesome as a teammate. Oh, or, yeah, in uh, the clubhouse. Anyone. I bet you he's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I could see that for sure. That's probably, like I said, that's probably the case for a lot of people. I would say that most would agree with that. Um, but anyway, that uh, about wraps up what we got here. Let me just run through the recap here real quick. Tying the ends together of today's episode. Between the cowhide and the pigskin, Deion Sanders had himself quite the week nearly 30 years ago. Uh, voodoo dolls are weird. Pitchers are weirder. Bob Shepard, known as the man with the voice of God, was hands down one of the greatest at his craft, even at age 96. Uh, unless another club in the National League has anything to say about it, the Dodgers are poised to make a return to the World Series. Uh, the Astros are leading the charge in making baseball fun again. Josh Donaldson adds some extra pop to a team that already has plenty of pop and adds a little bit of swagger to a team that has plenty of swagger. And lastly... Major League Baseball needs to find a way to pay its minor league players so they can afford to add a little bit of jelly to their peanut butter sandwich. That's what we talked about. I'm going to flip it over to you for what they're not talking about. So things not being talked about. Uh, The 2018 winter meetings coming up uh, this winter, they're going to be in Vegas. Um, And for those of you guys who didn't know, it's going to be in the Mandalay Bay Hotel. So I think this is the first time we're going to see Vegas kind of on national spotlight again uh, since the the tragic shooting um, that happened. And, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, this will bring some positive positivity to to Vegas and specifically to that hotel. Um, You know, that's horrible that that would be the only reason all of us know the name of that hotel. Uh, Next, Phillies pitcher Austin Davis was forced to hand over a cheat sheet to an umpire uh, by the name of Joe West on Saturday. I think we all know Joe West. The worst. Apparently, oh, he's brutal. Apparently, the little card had like a scouting report, basically, of the hitters uh, on the Cubs. Joe West tried to cite some BS about uh, some rule that said no pitcher shall have a possession of any foreign substance. So I think he was trying to go with the safe of you know if there's anything on this card like vaseline or pine tar or whatever total crap the dude is so old and not a good umpire this is super lame i feel bad because everyone else in the field has one so like why can't the pitcher right it's like a quarterback having uh, you know the play sheet on his arm it's a point no reason to take that away um next delon batansis becomes the first reliever ever to have 100 strikeouts in five straight seasons He's only thrown 56 and two-thirds innings. Let that sink in for a sec. And here's what I pulled. Here's some starting pitchers who have thrown at least 120 innings and don't have 100 strikeouts. Bartolo Colon, Jason Hamill, Marco Estrada, Andrew Kastner, uh, Chris Stratton, Ivan Nova, Sal Romano, and Alex Cobb. Pretty wild. Almost twice the amount of innings. No, more than twice the amount of innings and don't have as many strikeouts. I think that's pretty cool. Um, And to do that for five straight seasons is even more impressive. Uh, Albert Pujols is done for the year. Uh, He's going to have knee surgery. Um, Here's what's kind of cool about Albert Pujols. This will be only the second year of his 18-year career that he won't have at least 20 home runs and 90 RBIs. That's amazing. Yeah. 18 years. 
In 16 of them, he had at least 20 home runs and 90 RBIs. So that's pretty wild. We're, you know, we witnessed the Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, my last one: an Astros fan was kicked out uh, the other day for holding up a sign, um, and all this sign said was the phone number for Houston Domestic Violence Hotline. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, a little, little shot towards uh, their new reliever down there. Um, I thought you were going to say is, something about holding up a sign to like the bullpen or, or phone number of the bullpen or something. No. Like, I don't this know how is, they got a hold of that. This is even worse. I mean, like, I, I get it. It's definitely a jab. Everyone knows it's a jab. But are we done? are we done seeing signs in ballparks is that gonna be it because i mean this is like definitely a freedom of speech issue and if i dropped you know 75 bucks on a ticket to go watch this game and i wanted to bring a sign and you kicked me out i'm not thrilled so that's a little wild but uh that's it for me man that's that's things that are not being talked about all right good deal well uh thank you to everyone for tuning in this week we'll uh catch back up with you guys next wednesday uh in the meantime subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it we're on itunes spotify stitcher all the other podcast platforms uh if you can leave a review or a rating that'd be greatly appreciated uh we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys next week until next time stay filthy